You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. All right, guys. Welcome back. Yeah. EYL, State of the Union episode. <laughs> like that. Yeah, we had to spice it up a little bit. Once again, if you're a loyal listener to Earn Your Leisure, you know how we started the show. It was just me and Troy, no guests. Yeah. And, um, you know, people always ask for that. And we, we did another episode, which is us uh, yeah, two, two months ago. Yeah. I got a good reaction. So this is something that we're going to try to do. Uh, at least once a month moving yeah, forward. There's a lot going on, and like people want to know our opinion. They want us to break down these things. So yeah, it's, so it's a couple of different models that we have, like for the shows. Like some some shows is we bring guests on and they break down their industry, like a how-to. Yep. Like uh, the mobile homes or vending machines, like yeah, a how-to. I, like, I just want to say vending machine. Then you, crazy. then you got um, stories, the entertainment ones, like uh, Nick Storm, Kenny Burns, where they like tell their their journeys in business. Yeah. And then you have some some shows, um, but just us, where we're like commentators. It's yeah. like it's like commentators of what's going on, trending topics, business case studies, things of that nature. And we, um, you know, we give our take on it. And we kind of just break it down yeah. in layman terms for everybody to understand. That that seems to be like the formula for us in the beginning, right? It was like yo, get these things, uh, these ideas um, from what's happening in the world, and break it down to our audience, man. So we're gonna do that for y'all today. Yeah, that's what we're gonna do. So before we start, Philadelphia, Philly, Philly, we got about ten days left. It's crazy. I ain't gonna sit here and lie <laughs> you know, to We got um, the live podcast. We got Wallow Two Six Seven, Big Business, Nehemiah Davis, and just added, just added special alert. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The, the legend. legend himself, John Henry. John Henry, venture capitalist, all star, um, media guru. Yeah. Um, everything. If you yeah. checked out John Henry's episode, you know, like this, this dude is really just special, a, a genius. He's special, man. Twenty-seven years old. Yeah, he special hit me dude. up. He hit me up like, "Yo, I heard y'all coming to Philly," and you know, he he does a lot of work in Pennsylvania. Yeah, he's got some real estate stuff going so on. So he's like, "Yo, I would love to be a part," and I'm like, "Let's do it." So <laughs> John Henry will be in the building, and then the live podcast is also catered. Yeah, open, open bar. bar, and it's a private networking event too. So that's dope too because it's like. That networking is just powerful. Like, look how many people that's on the podcast. Yeah. And then Wall Street Trap is going to be there. MG the Mortgage Guy. got a bunch of Andy from Y2K Credit Solutions. Sabine and Business. All of us. It's, yeah. it's going to be crazy. You man. know, when you was doing the the, the uh, live with Nehemiah Davis, he was like, yo, people are talking about the cost. And he was like, yo, what is it going to cost you if you're not in that room? Yeah. Think about that. Like, when he said that, I was like, yo, damn, that's powerful. Nah. So like, it's going to be a whole vibe. Network is going to be And then the next day, um, the 15th of March, we have the workshop. With Atia Blair and Aisha Sheldon, everybody's been asking for Aisha Sheldon yeah. for a long time. They're gonna talk about real too. estate, 
Alice Good Energy is going to talk about trucking industry. And um, Kashif Edwards is going to be talking about vending machines and everything you need to know about Everybody. that. Everybody's been calling about that episode. Yeah, no, Everybody. that episode is on fire. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, man, uh, all of the information is on our website, eylexperience.com. That's right. eylexperience.com. Um, go check it out. And um, yeah, man, we, we love to see everybody turn out. So Philadelphia, man, we can't wait to see. The whole team going to be there too, y'all. For sure. So we're going to jump right into it. Um, the first topic that we're going to talk about is the coronavirus. A serious one, man. Yeah, yeah. First and foremost, uh, rest in peace to anybody. I think it was 64 people so far that have passed away from yeah. the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And um, anyone that's been affected, get well soon. Yeah. Because we're going to talk about the business side, but even obviously bigger than business is health. Health, yeah. And you want to, you know, we can't take that light. Like, it's a serious virus. Yeah, I think people get confused with that. They're like, I think people just unaware of what it is, right? So it's like, they just hear it on the news and then it's completely oblivious to how it works and, and what it does to the body. So hopefully we can shed some light on that. Yeah, for sure. So, yes, the coronavirus started in Asia and China, I believe. Yeah. Um, Wuhan, Wuhan, China. Yeah, a few months back and it's just it spread uh, yeah. all over the world. Now, uh, 64 cases in America. Uh, last time I checked, 85,000 cases across the world, worldwide. Yeah. So they, they're saying that it's a global crisis right now. So the, we have epidemics and pandemics, right? Epidemic meaning that it is something that is taking over a localized area, right? And then it may spread to a few communities. And then when you turn this to a pandemic, it's like worldwide where it goes from one continent to the next. So they're saying not yet, according to the CDC, not a pandemic, but a global crisis. Yeah, it's, it's serious. And I was just traveling. Um, Few different countries, and I went to Toronto and connected flight in Toronto, and it was yeah, like at the mask on. Serious, yeah, they gotta check <laughs> yeah. to see like what countries you've been to, and have you been to Asia? And it's a serious situation, so yeah. it's it's affecting the world's economy. Yeah, because as we said on the podcast before, the world is flat now. So what happens on the other side of the globe affects the whole globe. Yeah. So it happened in China, and obviously China is the world's second biggest economy. Um, I mean, huge supplier. Yeah, huge supplier to the whole world <laughs> yeah. of a lot of different things. So it's it's taking a hit. It's taking a hit. Um, some major corporations, uh, Nike, seventeen billion dollars has been shaved off of their valuation mm-hmm. in the last week. Yeah, two hundred billion from um, all of the big tech companies. Yeah, Apple, Apple, Apple had a huge loss. Yeah, um, yeah. They, they have a, a city in China. Uh, I want to pronounce it right, Zheng Zhou. Uh, China, it's actually known as the the iPhone capital of the world. Like half of the iPhones in the world come from there. They actually had to shut down their factory. 350,000 employees. Yeah. That's, that's like more than a city. Nah, it's serious. And it's like um, a lot of manufacturing goods come out of China. So yeah. even like on a, on a local level, uh, like I know people that's personally affected by it. Like uh, small business owners that's getting merchandise from China. They yeah, can't, we had that conversation the night. Yeah, they yep. can't get it. I just spoke to Alex Good Energy. Shout out to Alex, and he was telling me how the trucking industry is affected by it right now. Yep. A lot of um, goods that are being trucked that come in from China haven't come in or it can't come in right now, so right. the trucking's a little slow right now. So it's it's affecting everybody. It's yeah. serious. I mean, China's economy in, in itself, right? We just finished having a trade war with them, and right after the trade war, now we have the coronavirus, and it's like, yo, they're taking a huge hit. Huge in manufacturing, and even in, in the prescription drug, that would, like that was something I had to find out myself. Like a lot of the ingredients that go into our prescription drugs come from China. So like there's gonna there's shortages on that, man. So it's like a global effect and things that we had no idea. Like this is how important this is. Yeah, so we'll start off with the stock market. So 
this is something that is is a really big thing because stocks um, are down 12% one week, <laughs> which is the largest pullback in the stock market for one week since 2008, yep. since the um, financial crisis. Um, that 12% pullback wiped away all of the gains for 2020. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there's no gains that have been made as far as the stock market is concerned for the 2020 based off of just one week. Um, they had the sharpest drop in the day since 2008, mm-hmm. once again. Um, so it's, 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 it's really serious. So a lot of people's panicking right now. Like, what should we do? Yeah. It's like, you know, it's crazy. I see, I seen the comments like, yo, what should we do? What should we do? It's like, yo, listen, man. And, and when, when we see red, we don't panic. Yeah. We so don't panic. I think, I think it's important to understand that before we even talk about like the effect on the stock market, you have to understand how the stock market works. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think people fully understand how the stock market works. So just general economy period. Like, so there's what's called bulls and bear markets, right? The bull market is when the stock market is going up. Yep. The bear market is when the stock market is going down. The reason why it's called a bull because they have horns and they throw their, their prey in the air yeah. when they're like wrestling with them. And they're aggressive yeah. in a sense. Well, not even that, but they, they, they throw it up. Like if you try to wrestle a bull, like they'll torch you up. Mm-hmm. Whereas a bear wrestles you down. So that's why the bull goes up and the bear goes down. A little tidbit for anybody that was interested. So the average bull market is seven years, mm-hmm. right? The average bear market is 14 months. So we've been in a bull market since the end of 2008. So we're in, a, we're in almost a 12-year bull market. Yeah. So I say that to say, if you study history, we can, we can never predict the future, but the best way to kind of predict what will happen is to look, look what already at, happened. Yeah, happened look at the past, past man. Right? We're already years <laughs> past what Overdue. should have been a bear market, exactly. right? So I mean, it's common sense that a bear market is gonna come eventually. Yeah. Um, pretty soon, probably, yeah. right? I mean, it's just like saying, okay, if you live somewhere like in Florida, Miami, they have hurricanes, right? If you haven't had a hurricane in 15 years, you're probably due for a hurricane. One's coming. It's, it's overdue. I mean, it's like the law of inertia, right? What goes up eventually must come down. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then there's market corrections, mm-hmm. right? So a market correction is a pullback in the market, usually about 10%. So this is what would be a market correction, yeah. right? So what happens is that market corrections happen. Like we had a market correction in 2018, but we haven't had a recession. So people throw that term around a lot as well. Recession, how they define recessions is two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. So like people who don't know, understand that quarters, obviously there's been four in a year, first, second, third, fourth. Right, so that's like six months. Six months of negative GDP growth. Um, will result in a recession, mm-hmm. right? So, all right, how does this all play out for the stock market, right? Right now, the stock market is going down. The stock market is not going to go to zero. Never. Like, it's not going to happen, Never, right? never, never. So, it's like, if, in my opinion, like, you, it's hard to time the market. There's people saying, like, okay, this is a good time to get in because the market is down. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to be careful with that because it's still only down 10%. It could go lower. Like we saw in 2007 when the stock market was down 40%, 45%. Right. So just because it's down 10%, now you buy the dip. Now what if it dips again? We've learned our lesson in that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you gotta learn from crypto. <laughs> also, people saying that you should um, sell and make a profit, right? Right. So now that you have to be careful with as well because it's like, all right, at 
what point do you do you decide that it's a good point to sell? Because if you if you bought a stock at a hundred dollars, right, mm-hmm. and it's now two hundred, and it pulled and it pulled back from three hundred, then you might say, okay, I double my money, I can sell. Mm-hmm. That might not be a bad idea. But if you bought a stock at a hundred dollars and it's now fifty dollars, right? Now you lost fifty percent of your money, so that's probably not a good time to buy. You never yeah. want to sell yeah. when the stock market is down because you only lose money in the stock market when you realize it, when you actually take the money. Until that, it's just a loss on paper. Yeah. So, I mean, it's important to, to understand that um, because a lot of times people look at the, the economy, they look at the stocks, and they're like, all right, I'm going to jump in now. Or, like, I'm not investing in anything because everything must be down. That's not necessarily true as well. Right? We got, there are stocks that are gaining in this economy, even with the coronavirus. Yeah, we're going to talk about that as yeah. well. But So, once again, it's important to understand history and how history plays a part, right? So, if you look at, like, past viruses... This, this, this isn't the first virus. No. They, they said, and this is a good study too, I think it was in, in a business society. They was like, it seems like every election year over the past like 20 years, there's always a virus, right? So in 2004, there was the SARS. You remember that? The, mm-hmm. the, like the acute uh, respiratory syndrome. And then after that, we had swine flu. And then we, after that, we had the Ebola virus. Then after that, we had Ebola virus again. And Cholera, Cholera virus? Yeah. That was in Haiti. That affected right, right, Haiti. right, right. Uh, so, like, right now, is obviously, we have an election year, and now we have the coronavirus. So it's like we've seen these things before. Yeah. So, but, 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 even digging down even deeper than that. So, once again, if you study history, you can kind of predict what's going to happen in the future, right? So, there's a um, six month pattern with with viruses. I don't know why six months, but that's the pattern. Mm-hmm. In 2010, the Cholera virus uh, affected, I think. The Caribbean, I'm pretty sure. Like I said, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. But um, it was in Haiti. Mm -hmm. So the stock market was down 2% based off of that outbreak. Six months later, it was up 13%. Um, 2016, the Zika virus uh, hit, and the stock market was down 6%. Mm -hmm. And then six months later, it uh, broke even. And then the Ebola virus. The Ebola virus was down 7%. Right. And then six months later, it was pretty much even. So six months is like the window for these viruses. Yeah. That's what they're saying. Six right. months is the window if you look at the past. So if you follow that in six months' time, we should, yeah. we should recover from this, yeah. right? So we're in about two months in right now. Yeah. So I say that to say at some point there will be a recovery. Yeah. When, I mean, it's kind of, we just, you have to use educated guesses, right? Right. But the thing that, like I see people on Instagram, like, well, this virus is different. This is a, yeah. no, nah, it's really not. Yeah, it, it's very similar to the SARS virus, where it's a respiratory virus, where if you cough or sneeze and the re- your cells get in the air and it goes to somebody, you, it's like having a fever. I love history. Like history used to be my favorite subject in school because like I said, that's the best way to kind of know what's going to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. Even going back to the plague, like that killed millions mm-hmm. of people millions, millions, millions. and ruined the world economy. It's, it's still bounced back. Like viruses, plagues, diseases, it's been going back since the beginning of time. Right. And it's affected economies since the beginning of time as well. But for some reason, people have short-term memories and they always think like, what's happening now is the worst thing ever. We live in that, that, that's the environment we live in, right? Everything is immediate. Like what's happening now, that's all we can see. Or, and also we have, we have a situation where we feel like everything that's happening to us is more important. Mm. So it's like, all right, this is happening now. It's affecting me right now. So this is different. Right. No, it's really not different. It's just the other things might not have affected you because mm-hmm. you might've been too young or you might not have been aware. But people, for some reason, they like, well, this is different. 
like no it's like a hurricane hitting like yeah. hurricanes have hit for thousands of years it's just like if it affects your home now it feels different <laughs> that was now the worst you're saying one like well this is the worst yeah. you know we gotta pull all my money out so and we have, i mean we have more tools to see it now right like there's no escaping it right like i know some people watch the news a lot of people watch social media we can see this it's on it's, it's on our feeds it's in our timelines we've seen it not in the set not oversaturated but it's over publicized and it's like we can't escape it so it feels like this is the worst thing that has ever happened to this world yeah and so it's like okay so it's like what do you do right so there's different there's different types of investments that people have absolutely so if, like we'll go by like different ones retirement accounts that's a big one right mm -hmm. we talked about that before like, like a lot of people most people have the majority of their money saved in investments is in retirement accounts like a 401k or ira so that's going to be affected by the stock market the stock market is down right yeah but it's important to understand retirement account is for your retirement. It's long term. So if you're not planning on retiring anytime soon, <laughs> just wait it out. Yeah, right? you're, not, like you you're, take, not, you're not holding on to that, like watching yeah, that every you day. You take your money out, you start panicking, and now you, you lost money at that point in time. Not yeah. only do you have to pay taxes, and you, you lost money, and it's a whole thing. So retirement accounts, it probably would make sense just to kind of wait it out. Probably. I mean, if it's your for your retirement, most people... Should be waiting it out. Unless you plan on retiring like within the next two, next three, two, three yes. years, then you say, okay, I might need to be a little bit more conservative because I can't afford to take a loss. Right. But it's like, just wait it out. Like, just relax. Like, <laughs> now, short term investments are a little different. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, if you just, if you, each individual situation is different. And that's why I hate people that give like blanket statement, blanket advice, like sell all stocks or this is a good time to buy. Get out now. Buy now. Like, yeah. you can't say that. You can't say that. You got to look at individual situation. Like I said, if you have a short-term portfolio and you made money, this might be a good time to take some profit, sell, and wait it out. If you haven't made money, me personally, I'm never going to sell if I, don't, if I don't make money. It's like, for what? I already lost. I'm not trying to double my losses by actually selling. <laughs> I want to just wait it out until it gets breaks back. But those again. are valuable lessons, right? Like the average investor, especially like in the beginning, and I, I can speak for myself. It was like the first time in 2007, like I had just found out like what stocks are and I was studying it. And when, when the, the market crashed, that's the first thing I did. I wasn't educated, right? So like the educated investor, yeah, you're going to you're gonna know to do that, right? But for the average person who's just getting in, that's why I, this is important, like having this topic and, and bringing light to this is like, yo, we made the mistakes don't make those mistakes. Like, hold it that, right? So hopefully you don't have to go through that. Yeah, and it's important too because it's like, now you have to realize that emotions are, are like the biggest thing when it comes to the stock market. So no matter how much education that a person gets, they still make decisions based off of emotions nine mm -hmm. times out of 10. So there's a reason why, like in the stocks you always hear, buy low, sell high. But there's a reason why most people buy high and sell low. Because what happens is that, this is a perfect example of this. What happens is that when the stock market is up, whether it's Bitcoin, any type of investment, real estate, whenever it's up and people feel like it's called FOMO, fear of missing out, right? Mm -hmm. When they feel like they're, they're missing out on it and they, they have to get it, that's when they want to jump in, yeah. right? And then what happens is like now, when it's starting to crash and then they, they panic and they think it's going to go down to zero and they're going to lose every single dollar and then they sell yeah. and then it comes back. Like, so no, it's I, like, I, you know, that you, you're literally telling my story. It's crazy. It was like, that is the exact emotion. It I don't was, understand why people just yeah. can't learn from history. Like, yeah. that's why I said, like, the history is the best teacher. It's not the first time this has happened. It's not the first time the market corrected. It's not the first virus. It's not the first anything. But every time it happens, people make the same mistakes that people in the past made. You know, you know what I think one of the main things was? It was like not having a lot of capital. 
So like I didn't have a lot of capital. So with the, the little that I invested, it was like, damn, am I willing to lose it all? So at that time, it was like, nah, I wasn't willing to lose it all. I'm not thinking long term. I'm thinking like, yo, I just put this money in. It's losing money. Let me take whatever I can get out. Not knowing, you know what I mean? So you just told my whole story, man. Yeah, pretty much. But you said, but like you said earlier, there, there are some stocks plays that we're not giving any stock advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once again, nobody knows what's going to happen. But there's some stocks that people are speculating yeah. might be able to benefit from this situation. Yeah, so like as, as conditions worsen, right, if they will, like you said, if we're only two months into this this virus, right, then conditions are probably gonna get worsen as it spreads throughout the world. And, and people are saying, like the CDC is saying like, yo, America, you should be ready, prepare now because it could get here, right? There's, I think 12, six, 12 confirmed cases, I think 64 people got tested. So you think about that, right, and it was a great article, it was like, if people are staying home from work, well, what type of stock would you look at to, to alleviate that, right? So when you look at a stock like Zoom or a company like Zoom who does telecommunications through the home system, now people actually don't have to leave their home, they're safe there, they can communicate, more people are gonna start doing that. That work from home thing is gonna become huge in these next couple of months. So that's like something that to look into, it's like, all right, well, we can invest in that because we know if this worsens, that's gonna help that, uh, that stock particularly. Biotech stocks also, biotech stocks are down, but, um speculation biotech stocks might increase mm -hmm. um Moderna I, I believe that's I'm saying the companies correctly um M O D E R N A uh, is a company that is leading towards a vaccine Ooh. for um the virus the cure is always the best part so their stock was actually up last week and then it kind of came down a little bit but yeah if you if you do your research on them they're actually yeah they're they're leading towards i think they might even have a vaccine already but they're like very soon they're putting out a vaccine for it yeah so yeah, we had a conversation the other night with, with um with mg and he was just like yo this helps my industry you know what i mean bigger than outside of stocks we just like yo mortgage rates are going to go down right because people are not buying homes at the same rate they're feeling like they're going to hold on to their money so Obviously, the reaction is mortgage rates. So mortgage rates goes down. So that's another industry where it's like, all right, well, somebody's going to benefit from this outbreak. Yeah, you can also make money short in stocks as well, mm -hmm. um, which is highly risky. So we're not <laughs> telling anybody to do that. But 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 if you educate yourself and you understand how to short stocks, I mean, it's common sense to say, okay, what stocks probably would be down right in this situation? So consumer consumer spending. Stocks are down. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, all stocks are down, but that's gonna be something that's gonna be happening. Yeah, we talked about. It. You mentioned Nike. We mentioned Apple. Yeah, yeah, it's Apple. Um, travel. Absolutely. Travel. Yeah. Airlines. Yeah. And they're changing their projections too, because it's like, yo, we projected to do this for 2020. They're looking at their first quarter, like, yo, we're not gonna make it. Yeah. You know I mean? So everybody has to adjust their figures for the year based on the first two months of the year. Yep. Airlines, um, hotels, hospitality. Yeah, the entertainment industry. I know they were shooting um, Mission Impossible in Italy. They were like, yo, we got, the virus got there. So they're like, yo, we got to shut down production. Like, people don't, like, you're not thinking of that, right? Like, China specifically, right? The number two entertainment capital of the world, really. And when it comes to movies and movie going, they've lost huge, nobody's going outside. They can't make money off the movies anymore, right? They actually were, this year was going to be the first year they were projected to pass the United States as far as gross income from the entertainment industry. There's no way they're going to make it now. They just lost two months of the year. You know what I'm saying? So, like, when you think about the world as being flat and think about how one thing can affect the entire world, these are the instances we're talking about. Yeah. Some industries that might potentially, once again, it's all about educated guests, right? Yeah. That could potentially benefit, once again, kind of common sense, biotech. Biotech, what it stands for is biology, technology. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, medical fields, 
probably that, will benefit. Yeah, right? that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, this is, you're going to have to go to the doctor and you're going to have to get prescription medication exactly. and virus, all of that stuff. So they'll probably see a spike, in, especially, like I said, who comes out with the actual cure for this thing. Right. Because it's going to come out eventually. They have to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just, like I said, but understand when you're shorting a stock. We, we talked about that. We're going to have an episode on shorting stocks too, but it's not for somebody that's not experienced. Strictly for live, man. But, but, <laughs> but that's important to understand. I wanted to, I wanted to prove that point too, is that even when it's, the stock market is crashing, you could potentially still make money yeah. in, a, in a down market. Right. You can make money in up market, make money in down market. Somebody's always going to make money. Somebody's going to make money, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, so yeah, I think it's just important for people to understand that I, I would recommend just keeping composure Right, yeah. understand that. Yeah, right now it's it's not looking too good, yeah. and we don't know how it's going to shake out. And I think the the broader range of just the economy in general, this could be a tipping point for the next recession, or it could not be. But at some point, we know we're going to have a recession. Yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah, the, the the key thing about having knowing that a recession is coming is that let's prepare for it, right? Like let's let's get all our eggs in the barrel and it's like, yo, listen, we're waiting for it, right? Like I had a conversation with a few people, colleagues specifically, like, yo. You think it's a good time to refinance? I'm like, well, if you think a recession's coming, right? You want to have some money just in the event that mortgage rates go down, housing market changes, you could get some property. Yeah, I would do it. Be prepared. You don't want to have the recession come and then you don't, now your value of your home just went down. And now you can't refinance. You know what I'm saying? So just be prepared. Yeah, be prepared. Don't have fear. Um, use your brain and keep it. <laughs> Always good to do that. Keep your, <laughs> keep your composure, man. Keep your composure. All right, so in the next segment, we're going to go over our favorite company that we talk about oh, all, all the time, Amazon. They are changing the game, so we're going to go into what they got going on next. All right, so in this segment, we're going to talk about Amazon. Like That's I said, our favorite, we, one of our favorite topics. Yeah, at least once a month, we got to bring up <laughs> Amazon and Jeff Bezos. They're taking over. Yeah, so yeah. Their, latest, their latest thing that they've done is the Amazon Go Store. Yeah, um, Amazon Seattle, Go Grocery. Yeah, in Seattle, yeah. Washington. So they have they have Amazon Go stores in like other places, I think in the UK, stuff like that, but they're more convenient stores type. Mm -hmm. This is the first full-fledged grocery store. Yeah, they have fresh food in there. They everything. They have fish, produce, uh, fresh groceries, yeah. milk, vegetables. They got it all, man. You anything that you will find in the grocery store. Yeah, it's like a, it's a regular supermarket. You got snacks, everything. So, so the, what makes this different from other grocery stores is that they don't have any cashiers. Yeah, zero. It's cashierless. So usually everybody has gone to a grocery store. You buy your groceries and you go and you get <laughs> cashed out. You wait in line. Even if you don't, even if a lot of grocery stores now don't have, they, well, they have cashiers, then they have the cash. Yeah, self-checkout. Yeah, self-checkout. But yeah. you still got to go, you scan the items, yep. and then it's like a self-checkout thing. But this is different. So what happens is that you walk into the store, you have to get the Amazon Go app. Yep. And you scan the app in order to have entry to the store. Yep. Then, um, once you do that, it's all based off of artificial intelligence, yeah. scanners, um, video recorders, they have a whole technology. Yeah, they got thing. like, I, I looked at the video, it's like they have like a hundred different like scanners on the ceiling, right? So as you walk through the store, it tracks you, right? So like people can literally just walk in, like if I wanted to get some bread, like I could literally just walk in and just put it in my bag and the scanner would, detect it, you yeah. know what I'm saying? It's, it's different, it's crazy. No, it's a whole vibe, and yeah, so like you take the bread off, you put it in your bag, and it's, it says, okay, $2 gets added. Now if you change your mind, you put it back on, then it takes the $2 off. Yeah, everything is getting scanned. So yeah, and then, um, so everything is already scanned in the app, 
and you just put what you want in your bag, and then you just leave. Yeah, they got a sign. It's because just walk out. Like as yeah. you walk in the store, it's like yo, this is like the just walk out store. So literally, you bag up your stuff and you walk out. And when you get outside, you get your receipt. Yeah, it's crazy. And they, <laughs> tell, they said that this this store I just opened in Seattle is gonna be like the test run. Yeah, for just model moving forward. Yeah, and then, you know what was ill was like yo, people were looking at that like, yeah, right, what happens if I like pick up an apple or something? It was like if if I pick up an apple, well, they they've changed the way that they do it now. They don't charge per the weight; they just charge per item. So every apple is. 99 cent, right? Whereas sometimes you get like a watermelon, it's like, yo, depending on how much it weighs, that's how much you pay. Not everything the same price. And they've actually, it's about a YouTubers because they, one guy tried to um, trick the system. <laughs> Already? Yeah, there's a lot of that going on. Like where he changed his jacket and he got away with some items, but they, they scanned him for an avocado that he left. And there's been some, there's been some, some, some chinks in the armor where like people have been able to actually, because that's the thing, it's like, yeah. People like if you rob them, right? You talk like, about just walk out, like walking so, out. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, but but it's it's not as easy as you think. Yeah, I saw. You know what? Speaking of, that, I actually saw um, somebody had a, like this glitch where they opened the freezer because there's a lot of frozen goods in there. So they open the freezer, and if you open the freezer at a certain angle, the scanner can't see it. So it's like weird. Like now they're actually gonna put the technology on the freezers. So like you, you it, everything gets scanned into your item. Yeah, I'm sure the that they'll be they'll be you know. Um, making changes as they go along with yeah. it, but the the thing that the thing that's really interesting is that the next. So now a lot of labor unions are complaining, yeah. and they're saying Where they're taking all the jobs. Yeah, saying taking the jobs. So I didn't even know that there was that many cashiers yeah. in America. So there's three point five million, million yep. cashiers in America who average around ten dollars an hour mm-hmm. pay. Yep. So now it's a thing where it's like, okay, if this is the model moving forward for grocery stores. That's three million people who are at risk of losing their job. Right? Yeah. So, like, I mean, that stat is, is crazy, right? But the illest part is that, you know, the company that hires the most people in, in the United States, Amazon. <laughs> so it's like it's it combats itself. Like, yeah, we're automating some things, but we're also creating jobs well, at well, a different rate. I think also it's just, it's a harsh reality that we live in, but um, people have to be able to adapt to what's going on right yep. now, right? And it's like, I remember, like, in New York, if you're from New York, you know that there's no tolls. It's tollless, <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, but those were jobs that people had where exactly. you drive and people were standing in the toll booth and they break change mm-hmm. and that was their job. They might curse you out. <laughs> that, was, that was their job, the tolls. But now it's like it's all of those jobs were lost because they realized it's a lot more efficient for, for cameras to take pictures mm-hmm. and easy pass and stuff like that that there's no need to A, it, it it actually slows up traffic, right? Yep. And then B, you spend in a lot of money where you put a camera in place, you don't have to pay the camera. It's already done. Yeah. So these these are this is just more proof to me as far as the the, the wave of what now you call the future right now, mm-hmm. that technology, you're either on the right side of it or the wrong side of it. Yeah, and it's it's double edged sword, because if you think about it, right? Amazon, what they're doing with the gro- the go grocery store is like they're creating lower prices because they're not paying employees at the same rate. Like they have workers in the store, but they don't have twenty five uh, cashiers. Well, now now if I don't have twenty five cashiers, I can lower the price for milk. I can lower the price for these goods, right? So now if I have to compete with a grocery store, they can't do that. Well, that's their scaling. I've been Amazon's model from day one is to have lower prices that the competition can't really be. Exactly. 
and more efficient way of actually doing business. So this fits right in. And they just brought Whole Foods. Yeah. So the interesting thing- And those about, products are in the store. <laughs> yeah. And so the interesting thing about um, Amazon is that like when we talk about like the death of retail and is, and is uh, brick and mortar dead. And a lot of people have contributed Amazon to like speeding up that process of like killing brick and mortar businesses because everybody's shopping online. But now this is a play to build out their, their brick and mortar business. Right. So Amazon, in my opinion, they're really trying to dominate every aspect of, of your life, right? So it's like eating food is a is an essential part yeah. of life. $800 billion industry. It's something <laughs> that you, you can't get away from. Yeah, everybody has to do it. So now with the Amazon, now the, the brilliant thing about Amazon is that they already have the infrastructure in place to ship mm -hmm. items. So they have these, these grocery stores in place where it can also be um, holding units, storage units that they ship out groceries. Yeah. So now instead of actually going to the store, you can order the groceries and now have it delivered to you. So now they're going to get it to the point where it's like, okay, if you get food, which everybody has to have food, <laughs> you either, you want the in-person experience, we have in-person. If right. not, we already have it set up. It's not actually even costing them more money yeah. because they already have these grocery, I'm just saying hypothetically speaking, let's say this really expands and they have these grocery stores all over America and all these major markets. Now it's going to be easy to do same day shipping of groceries yeah. because the warehouses are they're already there in yeah. grocery stores. And we spoke about that too. When we were, we were talking about brick and mortar, it was like, look, there's a reason why Amazon's buying up old malls, right? Those are the epicenters of cities. They have all the infrastructure there. They have plumbing already there. If nobody is going into malls and malls eventually, the stores you know, can't pay the rents and leases, they'll eventually come in by that. And now they're at the epicenter of every city. So now you have same day shipping, right? Now I have the epicenter, that becomes a warehouse. You order Amazon, same day it gets to you, right? Like you can't get more efficient than that. No, nah, you really can't. And that's even the play. So Amazon and Walmart have been going back and forth. Yeah, they, they back up, yeah, competing. And Walmart is actually making an insurgence and a lot of people are saying that they're becoming a threat to Amazon. One thing that Walmart has over Amazon is that they have so many locations. Right. So now they've they've started the same day shipping and all of that. Yeah. And that's what that's exactly their play is that they don't have to like Amazon is using warehouses mm -hmm. where Walmart, all of this stuff is already there. They already have the infrastructure in place. Yeah. So they're saving money because they're not paying for any warehouses. Right. All of the Walmart stuff is hold held in Walmart factories and stores. And it's getting shipped out from there. So I see this as something that Amazon could potentially take from Walmart yeah, instead easy. of just keep having these Amazon shipping factories where it costs a lot of money to uphold that. Yeah. It's like, okay, now you have a grocery store. At the very least, the money that's coming in from the grocery store probably offset the cost of the shipping. But we all know shipping is Amazon's thing. So now you you build out that and you get the money from the grocery store, but you already have the infrastructure in place to ship it out. And they got one of the most important things down pat, the experience, right? Like. If you've ever shopped at Walmart, no disrespect to anybody at Walmart, but it's like it's, you waiting in line, especially if you got kids. I mean, it, it, it's a it's an ordeal, like going through Walmart with kids, and then you got to wait in these long lines. Now it's like, yo, I can go to the store. Like it won't be a thing for parents to say, like, oh, I'm going to the supermarket, because we don't have to wait in line. Like I'm getting this, I'm getting this, and we're out of here. You know what I'm saying? Like that experience just changed everything for everybody. It's a game changer. And then also, also, what's even more interesting to me, at least, is like people. You always gotta look deeper than what's on the surface. Like this, we're talking about groceries, but I mean, who's to say this isn't a scalable model for every form of retail? Like, right. You can just potentially walk into a sneaker store at some point and just take sneakers off the rack and leave. Yeah, I don't, I don't see why it can't be. I mean, 
obviously those companies have to invest the type of technology and have the type of capital to do it, right? Because it takes a lot to put 200 cameras in your ceiling. How much How much does it cost to have Somebody, millions of employees? I'm sure they got a lot of loss, too, from people just stealing stuff out of the store. Well, they get, they get lost from people stealing with employees there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So it's like going forward, if, like I said, this is, this is, this is a test run to see but if this if this works out, which I actually think, you think it it's will, a test, I feel like they already know what they're gonna do. Yeah, I'm not saying test as far as if it's gonna work because you yeah, never yeah. you never know if it's gonna work or not. But I feel like if this works, which I think it probably will work, I don't see why other every area of retail won't move towards that. Yeah, moving forward, it's like it's a lot easier, even from the customer standpoint. Like I don't want to wait online to to ring up stuff at H and M or any store. Like <laughs> it would be much easier if I just walked into. Macy's or H&M or Foot Locker or whatever, got what I wanted yeah. and walked out. Yeah, it changes it. So like now you get foot traffic going back into stores. I think it helps, right? Because now you got people actually going in where that's a problem right now. People don't go in, everybody shops online. Where if we know it was that easy, yeah, we might think twice like, all right, well, I'm just going to grab that and I'm coming back home, it's easy. It might be the resurgence of brick and mortar in a sense. Yeah, yeah so, and then, and then, we can't forget about the Whole Foods play in this either. Oof. Whole Foods actually been struggling. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so now I, it's like, it's interesting because Amazon buys Whole Foods, which is a grocery store, but then they start their own grocery store called Amazon Go. Yeah. Because, well, I mean, well, and that that's a part, right? Because a lot of people don't, the people who don't shop at Whole Foods, the number one thing is the pricing, right? It's, it's not cheap to eat healthy. It just isn't, right? So, like, if you're shopping in there, you're going at a different price point. Whereas now, if I go to Amazon, the Amazon uh, grocery grocery store, I could have the Whole Food products at a discounted uh, rate because they don't have the employees, right? If we're not paying this way, we can help customers this way. No, but yeah, but since you still have Whole Foods, though, so what are you going to do with Whole Foods? We got to see. That'd be interesting. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I understand that that perspective but it's interesting to buy a grocery you would think they would just expand whole foods and just make a, a, a cashless whole they already had like you brought a grocery store yeah what's the point of having a different grocery store when they you just, just purchased a grocery that, store i mean when they bought it they were just swallowing up the competition like how are we going to well, compete potentially yeah that's a play you know we, that. we, we've seen them do that before plenty of times we talked about the diaper absolutely um, play and that was like i think that was episode four that was early on early on early yeah, in yeah, the yeah. Podcast. yeah they just swallowed up the competition now it's like all right well we want to compete with Walmart, all right, we're going to take this. And now they're like, all right, well, we can make this better. But, like, yeah, you still have that asset that you bought. What do you do with it? Yeah, and if, if anybody's not familiar with the diaper thing, that's what uh, I'll give, like, a, a brief synopsis of it. They were in uh, this diaper company. Um, Amazon wanted to get in the diaper market. Yep. And the diaper company that was, I think it was, like, diapers.com. Di diapers 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 yep, diapers.com. Diapers.com. So what Amazon did was they ended up um, – lowering the price of their diapers <laughs> much lower than diapers.com to the point where they was losing money. They was losing like a hundred million dollars a month, yeah. I think, something like that. And they did that. They was bleeding money just to kill uh, diapers.com <laughs> and diapers.com ended up folding. So they lost a bunch of money short term. Just, yeah. It's chess though. They lost money short term to win the long term play. Oh, they definitely won it. So this might be the, the same play with Whole Foods. Who knows? Yeah. But Whole Foods is not doing well. And like I said, it's just interesting to me that instead of pumping more money into Whole Foods, instead of rebranding Whole Foods, they decided to go with Amazon Go. Yeah. So like I said, test run, but I think this, this is something that's going to stick. Also, so stocks. We talked about stocks in the last, the last thing. Um, so it's all, it's all interchangeable, right? So this will be interesting to see how Amazon's stock will 
appreciate or depreciate based off of the success yeah. of Amazon Go. Oh, we need to depreciate a little bit. I want get we need some. Yeah, it, 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 it's <laughs> going so. to be interesting to to see how this how this goes moving forward. Because like I said, I mean Seattle is a is a tech city. Yeah, it's the hub. It's a tech city too, though. Yeah. Seattle's like one of those cities like Austin, Texas, where it's you know a lot of people. I don't you you got to see how this works in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. and down south and things like that. I, I would be interested to see. I mean, I feel like that would work great in like major metropolitan areas. Like New York City, that would be great because people moving so fast-paced. It's like, all right, we can get it and go. Um, you know, like big cities like that, I think would be great. I, and they'll be, I'm sure they'll be extremely strategic about where they place these stores. And there's still jobs. Yeah. Like People co- still work of, in of, them. Of course. You, yeah, so you can explain that, people that still work yeah, in Yeah, so them? like there's no cashiers, but there's still people that work inside the store. So like if you've ever been to a grocery store, and like I know, I go in there a lot of times, I'm lost. I have no idea what anything is. So there's people to direct you, to show you where things are at, to help you with that customer service experience. Whereas like if I go to a supermarket right now, like I'm in the aisle and it'll be like, 10 minutes before somebody comes like, yo, you need help? Nah, it's the worst. <laughs> it's like, I usually gotta go to the deli like, yo bro, can you tell me where the orange marmalade is? Cause I have no idea. You know what I'm saying? So like now they have the people in the aisles that can actually help you with that experience to get you in and out of that supermarket faster. And that's something that Apple, Apple mastered that. Cause if you think about it, that's what most, like I I hate that. Whether it's retail stores, grocery stores, whatever, I can never get help. I go in this store <laughs> and there's never anybody to help me. But there's always, a million cashiers. Like if you go to Home Depot, there's like 27 cashiers. <laughs> you got 27 lines. And there's like two people working the floor. Yeah. But if you think about it, I'd rather have more people working the floor than the cashiers. Yeah. If you have a question, they're like, yo, go to customer service. That's uh, by aisle 30. No, nah, it takes like forever. <laughs> CVS, I got to wait 10 minutes for somebody to direct me to where I'm going. So Apple's thing is like, as soon as you walk into Apple, there's like 37 people. There's more employees than people. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and they, they greet you as soon as you walk in. Yeah. So that might be a, a play too, where it's like, okay, We'll shift it instead of having the money that we're gonna pay the cashiers. We'll just have more people in the aisles yeah. to help customer service type thing, and that actually is a way better customer experience for me. Yeah. I'd rather have more people in the aisles than I'm cashiers. You, I've been lo- like no joke, 10, 15 minutes looking for something, like no clue. I mean, it is a terrible feeling, and, it's, and we waste time doing it. Yeah, especially if you're getting a lot of groceries too. It's like, it's a lot much easier. Cause like if you got a hundred items, you gotta wait for like 30 minutes for them to ring it up. <laughs> nah, That's the worst. Something. Like, yeah, and you get there and it's like, yo, it's like the, the 10 items or less line. It'd be like 50 people in that. I'm like, yo, come Cause on Cause everybody's man. trying to get like 37 <laughs> items and 10 items or less line. Yeah, they put their kid with one basket and you got one basket with 10. It's like, yo, stop lady. I know y'all on the same family, <laughs> it's stop. A whole nonsense. <laughs> it's a whole nonsense. People fight, people fighting in grocery stores over, over the lines. Cutting lines. That's a fact. No, nah, it's That's a whole a it's a whole vibe. So no, nah, this is actually interesting. And with, as as parents too, man. Like we ain't gotta deal with the hassle like, yo, can I get that? Can I get that? Can I get that? When you know they put all the candy in the front. Oh, and yeah. now you're stuck and you can't move and like, yo, you know your kid about to start crying if they don't get this candy. Everybody look. It's like, yo, man, like we gotta really put the Snickers bars right here. Like, nah, this is the wave. <laughs> I, I can see it. I can see it. This is the wave. This is this is crazy, man. You walk in the store, get what you want and leave. That's it. That's dope. That's dope. Like that's 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 I think that's gonna be the future. I'm gonna be yeah. honest with you. That'd be fire. And everything, grocery stores, everything. Like you just walk into the gas station, get the Snickers bar, and leave. Like imagine that. Like that's gonna be the future. Like it's, you just get a Gatorade and leave. Yeah, that's gonna be crazy. I mean the AI because then you gonna have people like yo, if they're watching that, what else are they watching? Well, they're already watching. You know what I'm saying? So it's I like, mean, they, you know that. So <laughs> Street is watching. That's a fact. <laughs> Jeff Bezos is watching. <laughs> That's a fact. Big brother watching. That's a fact. So, well, 
we'll be tracking this. Uh, see how it goes. Like I said, I think it's something that's extremely interesting. Yeah. And once again, Amazon's on the hate it or love it, hate them or love them. You you got to give them respect for being on the, the cutting edge of the the, the everything the world. Yeah, the world. I would say technology, but it's more than tech. it's everything, man. Yeah, the world, man. Yeah. They, they really push the envelopes, and sometimes they make mistakes. But that's what life is about. That's what business is about. It's just being trailblazers and taking risk. Yeah. So they can afford it. Yep, <laughs> they certainly can afford it. All right. Well, there goes that. We'll see what happens. All right. So in this last segment, we're gonna go to throwback. Everybody's favorite segment. If you're a loyal listener, shout of out to the earners that been day one. Yes, all of the day one supporters know what I'm about to refer to. If you're new to the program, then I'll I'll enlighten you. <laughs> um, so story time was a staple for Earn Your Leisure early beginnings of our podcast journey, where we um, we did like case studies and we examined examined different things of like real world. Uh, business breakdowns and stuff like that, and uh, we put our spin on it, and we called it story time. Yeah. So um, we're going back to that. Yeah, it's time. It's that. time again. Yeah, let's do it sure, again for sure. So let's do it to win, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. Without further ado, story time. You gotta put that drop in. Right there. <laughs> I'm just looking at you, nigga. All right, so for today's story is a um, teachable moment. Yeah. But uh, it's actually- It's a little, a little it's, different for us. It's pretty sad. Yeah. Most of the story times are like upbeat. Yeah. Uh, but this is a story, and it's definitely a, a, a teachable moment. Absolutely. It's a, it's a story to learn from, but it's not really the the, the, the most- um, Yeah, I think most of our stories, they, there's always like a triumph, and it's like, oh, wow, I can't believe they came from those odds to do this, or they used their intelligence, uh, uh, their network to do that. And um, I'll, this one's a little different. Yeah, but it's still a story that needs to be told. Absolutely. Nonetheless. we can learn from the mistakes. Yes. So, Wallace Wally Amos Jr. Yeah. Um, you know, it's crazy. So, most people, if you've heard of the cookies, famous Amos. Yeah. That's that's him. You're probably um, known for that. Yeah, you probably known for that. Yeah. But I didn't actually know. I was doing some research. So, I know he did that, but I, what I didn't know was that in 1962, he became the first black talent agent with William Morris Agency. Yep. And he had Diana Ross in the Supremes, Marvin Gaye, Sam Cooke. Yeah. yeah, and he had uh, Simon and Garfinkel. Yeah, yeah, those were all- Big time. Yeah, that was pretty, extremely big. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's, like, think about like Diana Ross, Marvin Gaye, and Sam Cooke. Yeah. That's crazy. If I, like, who does that? Who finds that type of talent? <laughs> yeah, so, but he's, he was raised in Tallahassee, Florida. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Tallahassee. Tally Ho is what they call it. Um, That's FAMU, from Florida days. FAMU, uh, Tallahassee Community College, uh, Florida State University. Yep. It's a, it's a college town. Shout out to Tallahassee. So he's from Tallahassee. He's born in 1936. I, I, that was like, what? He's still living. Still too. living, man. Still, still living. Still going. So, Shout out to him. You know, come from a you know, southern background. And his aunt apparently made homemade cookies. Aunt Della. Yeah. Yeah, that was um, famous in the neighborhood, and yeah. everybody loved it. Yep. And you know, just a traditional type of just in the in the kitchen, just making cookies, making chocolate chip cookies. So man. that never really left him, even though he went to you know uh, pursue a career in you know managing artists and things of that nature, and eventually went to Hollywood. But mm-hmm. he always had his down south roots of yeah. cooking. Yeah, that actually was what he would give to some of his artists. He would present them with cookies, like so. Like some of the artists would come, and he had like a snack before there was writers. 
and you had to have all those things, like you would bring the cookies to them. Yeah, and he actually went to culinary school also. Yeah, man. Before true. before he became a talent agent, he went to culinary school. Dude's no joke. So yeah, so so like you said, um, he he used to gift his clients cookies, mm-hmm. and um, that kind of branched off to people saying like he should probably start his own yeah. company. Right? Yeah, and and those those same clients who, you know, his that he brought the talent from, they became people that like listen. We love what you got. We love the product. We're going to help you. We're going to become investors. Investors. Yeah, yep. man. That's important. That's a fact. Because it, it started because, yeah, what he was doing William Morris, he tried to branch off and do his own thing with that, and that didn't really work out. Right. So the relationships that he established, they said that they would bankroll him. So it cost $25,000, which was a lot of money in 1975. It's a lot of money now, man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? 1975, that's like a couple hundred thousand. Yeah. Um, and that's where he, he started uh, his company with yeah, I think Marvin Gaye was the first guy that's like, like I'm gonna help this guy. Yeah, yeah. he started his company with uh, what you called Famous Amos, mm-hmm. and uh, first year in business at three hundred thousand dollars. So that's crazy. I read that. I said, wait, that three hundred and seventy five. Yeah, he multi. Nah, he was he was he was good. So he hit he hit he hit it out the park right away. Yep. And by 1982, he um did twelve million dollars in revenue. Yeah. So after the, the first story, he started franchising. He was on Sunset Boulevard in Cali, man. Was doing it big, but he started franchising the stores out and generated some more income. Yeah, so he he really became a big name, a household name. He um, you know, he's in the Smithsonian Institute. <laughs> yeah, he has his hat and his shirt. I saw his commercials, man. He said like he got so good at selling cookies because he used to have to pitch talent to record labels, and he had the relationships. Yeah, and it was a good product too. Famous Amos cookies was legit. They still legit. Yeah, I'm saying. I mean, they changed the recipe, yeah, but it's still legit. So. Um, so in 1982, he's 12 million dollars. So yeah. like I said, 12 million dollars in the early 80s, probably the equivalent of 40 million now. Yeah. Like a mm. lot. He's big time. That's, that's a lot of money, right? So he became a household name, and um, he starts to, you know, buy property, and he's living the high life, right? Um, so in 1985, that's when things start to kind of fall apart. Yeah, story changes. So he still did pretty decent that year, but they made 10 million instead of 12 million. So mm-hmm. Now it's he's you know it's a loss like first year when he's starting to like go backwards he was mm-hmm. going up and then now he's starting to like go down a little bit right right so he makes some changes he fires some um, some managers um, and puts some other people in positions so he said admittedly like he was never he didn't really understand how to run business he's a talent agent right and he's a cook to his own credit admittedly yeah. I, I don't know how to run a business but he didn't, he didn't have any mentorship and even his people that he's around are artists and things of that nature he didn't really know what was going on so yeah. it's all good made 12 million don't know, I don't know how to run a business that's, that's astonishing yeah <laughs> yeah it was um, and it's it's crazy too because remember we, we interviewed Ryan Leslie yeah. and he said that um, you know scaling can be like detrimental to you like if you're not properly prepared and you're growing too fast, that can actually hurt. Mm-hmm. It's actually better to have a smaller audience or to grow at a s- slower pace, yeah. but to be able to manage it. Because that's like when you can't manage your scale, now you're really screwed. Yeah, that's his whole blueprint too. That, that's Ryan Leslie's blueprint that with, even with the smartphone was like, yo, smaller audience, larger payout. Yeah, and that's what he said like before, like less is, less is more sometimes. Yeah. So now it starts to like just fall apart. He's on vacation and he finds out that he has a house in Hawaii. Shout out to all the good people. Of he Hawaii. lives there now. Aloha, <laughs> mahalo. Does he still live there? Yeah, now? he lives there now. Yeah, um, everybody knows I used to live in Hawaii. <laughs> so Tell him again. The whole vibe out there. So he finds out that his house is actually being auctioned off. Yeah. 
<laughs> like that's, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy news to just wake up to. Like, oh, by the way, um, they auctioned your house at three p.m. Like, what? <laughs> he didn't even know his house was in foreclosure. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? like, when did this happen? This is no laughing matter. We, we nah, make it, nah, we making light yeah, of it, but nah, it's no it's laughing matter. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. So it's like, but you know, once again, that just goes to show you, like, especially like a lot of um celebrities, and you know, like even like the Fat Joe situation. People know, like, he went to jail for tax evasion, but yeah. he was telling the story. It was like. He had his accountant that was paying all his bills for him, yeah. and you know he's being a rapper, and he he felt like you know he's not really paying attention yeah, to that we, stuff. Yeah, we saw that with Jim Jones, like yeah, a bunch of happens, happens all the time. Yeah, he lived uh, a house in Jersey. Kevin Garnett, a bunch yeah. of them. So what happens with Fat Joe is that the accountant apparently started like embezzling, stealing money, not paying his taxes, not paying his bills. He found out because he he's like he always had excellent credit. He tried to get a car, and it was like his credit was like four fifty. He was like, what? And then he realized that. All of his bills haven't been paid for months, yeah. and also along with bills, they had his account. His accountant never paid his taxes. <laughs> he had to do like six months in federal jail. So I say I have to say this is something that's unfortunate. It's been going on for a long period of time when people like put trust in mm. other people to take care of their finances, and they don't know what's going on with their own money. Yeah, and by the time they realize it, it's too late. Yeah, we see it happen too much, man. Yeah, way too much. So, so yeah, so, so that was just like when he realized like okay things is really starting to go down crazy yeah. so now he's um scrambling and he um brings outside investors in to um like help out with his company <laughs> yeah. because now he's starting to lose money to the famous famous company yeah, yeah. so he took i think like three million dollars of investors money mm -hmm. but that didn't really work out um but those alone so now he has to pay that back but then they left and the company's losing even more money yeah so now it's 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 like spiraling out of control at a very rapid pace. And what are you gonna do when that happens? <laughs> yeah. So in nineteen eighty eight he sells the company to three million dollars. He sells it for three million dollars. Yeah. And um he sells the company in nineteen eighty eight to the Shansby group. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, for three million dollars. So the crazy thing about it is that now he sells the company for three million. <laughs> And they, they keep him on as a brand ambassador. Yeah. So he makes a deal with them, and he's not allowed to use his name anymore. Yeah, because part of the sell is the trademark. Yep. Yeah. So famous and Amos. <laughs> yeah. He can't, his, his name his is. His name he can't use. He can't use his name. Yeah. Can't use it. So he built the company from scratch, from nothing, yeah. right? Built it to a multi-million dollar corporation. Sells it for way less than what it was valued for just a few years earlier. He, he was hurting. Not only do they tell him that you can't use your name, but they keep they give him a job yeah. to be the spokesperson for the company of the name that he can't use. Yeah. So he's doing that, um, which is has to be extremely hard. Like think about that. Like think about like you start a company named Troy's Sneakers. Yeah. Right. You love sneakers and you build it to a multi million dollar company. We'll take and that. Then ten years down the line, you got to sell it, and they're saying you can't use Troy, you can't use sneakers anymore. But we want to pay you a salary to go around the country promoting Troy's sneakers. Yeah, I mean, he found out about it when he tried to start a new cookie company. Well, we're gonna get to that. So yeah, yeah so, so then after a while, it's like it's not after Yates. I can't do this. Yeah, and he leaves, and he's like he tries to start a new company, <laughs> and they sue him. They're like, no, you can't use that name for yeah we trademark infringement. That was part of the sale. So then he starts the company called Uncle No Name. Yeah, Uncle No Name Gourmet. Yeah. <laughs> which is a play on that he has no name now. It's really unfortunate. This is really, really tragic. It's a tragic tale. It's a tragic It's really tragic situation all the way around, man. That so yeah. So Uncle No Name, he yeah. he starts that brand, mm -hmm. 
Um, but so the crazy thing about it is that as he's doing the uncle no name, the, the company gets sold. This is the worst part. Again. Yeah, it's the worst part. So this is the worst part of the story. So now, because he even said like he had depression for a little bit. He stopped baking at mm -hmm. all for like three years because mm -hmm. Uncle Nomain didn't work out really. Yeah, I think they started making muffins. He went away from cookies. So he stopped baking. Um, he cut his beard off. Start, his whole thing with trademark was his beard and a hat. Mm -hmm. He stopped wearing a hat, cut his beard off. He didn't even want people to recognize him in the street. Yeah, It's like, I don't want people, I, I, I don't want to, it's so. I don't want them to see me like this. Depressing. Yeah. It's like, you know what I'm saying? So, but as all of that's going on, Shansby, the company that he sold to for $3 million, in 1992, they sold it a company for we might have heard of. Yeah, 61 million. Yeah, Kellogg to Kellogg. Yeah, big, big, big breakfast company, man. So yeah, they sell it. He sells it. They sell it for 61 million in 1992, and then it gets sold again in 1998 to Keebler. Crazy. That's what the elf. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keebler cookies, that. Right. Yeah. So then, so then they, so then in 1998, Keebler decides to bring him back as a brand ambassador. Out of <laughs> it done got flipped five times already. It got flipped his five times. You know what they did? You know, he said when he came back, it hurt his heart. I mean, he had to, he tried the cookies, but they changed his recipe and all that. No, they man. changed the recipe. Disrespect, like the, everything. Oh man, they let so, but. But at least he was able to work a deal out where he uh, made a deal with Keebler for Uncle Wally's muffins. Yeah. Um, so they, they let him have, a, I guess, like a subsidiary company within the company. Yeah, that didn't have work out that well Things of that nature. Yeah. And um, now he gives, he gives um, speeches. He's still alive. Yeah, he's still alive. He, he's still out. out and, and I think he lives in, well, he was living in Hawaii. And now I think he's back in uh, South Carolina. Um, he's back south. Um, but he's he's ma he's still making cookies. He's still making cookies. Um, I think the original idea came from his aunt Della, um, and so that's what he's going back to. His new company is uh, Aunt Della's Cookies, because so, he can't use Famous Amos. So I mean, moral of this story, um, it's so many different morals of this story. It's a lot, lesson man. points and learning points. It's it's like where do you begin? But I think the first one is business. Everything is a business. Like a lot of times people look at it like I'm a good chef or I'm a recording artist. How many times is like, that's not good enough. Yeah. You got to be able to understand that no matter what you're doing, there's a business behind it. Yeah. I mean, just think about it. If he had licensed his name and Stella selling it in that deal. He could have done that. You know what I mean? Like his fortune, his fortune would have been a lot different. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't, you're, he's done now. He can't even use his own name. It's, no, he can't. Um, and it's like mismanagement it is a lot of, and it's a lot of people say a lot of times like ignorance is bliss. It's really not. It's extremely dangerous. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to business. And it's like we did an episode on trademarks and licensing. Yeah, and shout out to Sabine. And, and the legal side of it is extremely important as well, right? Yeah. Like the people don't understand that. Like you got to understand the legal side or have a lawyer at least to help you. And it's important to people get taken advantage of. Right, you think he would have, I mean, if he sold it for three million, right? Like, what did he get the proper valuation? Did he even know what a valuation was at that point? Oh, he probably just needed the money. I just needed some point. money, I'm gonna sell it. Like you saw it at three million, then 10 years later, it gets sold for 61 million, and you can't even use your name. Nah, man, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like I said, man, it's a, it's a tragic, sad learning experience, but 
nonetheless, it's still a learning experience. Yeah. I think entrepreneurs, business people, inspiring entrepreneurs, inspiring business people can learn from. You got to learn from other people's mistakes. Yeah, I mean, and he still has his health at the end of the day. He's still alive and breathing to tell the lesson. So, I mean, at the end of the day, somebody's going to learn from his mistakes. Yeah. I mean, that's the worst thing in the world for somebody to take your name. You can't use it. Like, that's like. Yeah. I mean, like he said, it broke his heart. He, he tasted the cookies. He's like, yo, they changed the recipe. Nothing's the same. But his name it lives on. Like that's those are st- like we talked about the vending machine episode. Like those are still in vending machines right now. Like yeah. today, somebody's eating famous famous cookies. But there's a lot of people like that where it's like the name. You think these people own it, yeah. but they really don't. We talked about that. Even yeah, with yeah. Virgil, Donna Karen. Yeah, he's up. Donna Karen. Yeah, perfect example. <laughs> so it's a lot of these situations where it's like your name is is attached to something that you don't even have any control over. Yeah. What was that? Four hundred billion. She sold it. Now it's worth like three three billion, and then. They put in any type of store that they want and downplay it kills the name because it's like now the branded name isn't strong. Yeah. Yeah. Something to think about. Yeah, man. Something to think about. So yeah, status story time, uh, nostalgic episode. Uh, so once again, thank you guys for rocking with us. But before we go, once again, we gotta drill down on Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be crazy. Live podcast, networking event, workshop two-day situation um don't wait don't hesitate open bar catered yes get your tickets uh eyloexperience.com um like i said it's about 10 days out by the time this episode comes out yep so we're looking forward to it and um yeah you got housekeeping items yeah man shout out to everybody on patreon i know people be like yo man i get my shout out yo shout out to james uh kilo c marie uh tonico uh, and jessica we had an amazing conversation with jessica shout out to her hopefully um, she'll it'll lead to some some future business endeavors that we do with her. Like people know that uh, we connected with uh, Brandon Mitchell through through Patreon, and now he's a business partner with us. So shout out to everybody that's using Brand Resumes, that amazing service that they have. Um, and Tajay, man, we had a group conversation. He brought his brother in the conversation. So shout out to him uh, out in Texas, man. And everybody that's on Patreon, um, obviously, obviously you know that there's different tiers, and obviously we've added added some more things for you. Um, just because we think y'all need it more. Um, so shout out to everybody that's there and that's supporting through that and everybody that's supporting our merch. We got our tracksuits on. Everybody was like, yo, man, we got to put the tracksuits on the site. So they there. Um, so make sure to, to purchase that. And uh, we look forward to seeing everybody in uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, the tracksuits was a vibe. Shout out to Beyond Wayne. He kept asking me. Yo, they wore uh, so They wore to one, an event. <laughs> yeah, I got one for him. I got one for him just off the shrimp. Yeah. But um, yes, uh, shout out to our Cleveland family. Well, a lot of people was asking us about the tracksuits. So EYL University tracksuits is on our site, EYL, uh, earnyourleisure.com. All of the information for everything that we do is on earnyourleisure.com. Yeah. But uh, happy birthday to you as well by the time this episode comes out. Yeah, and most of y'all be, know that this, this guy had a very, Pisces brothers, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. Yeah. I think this will come out one day before your birthday. Appreciate that. Uh, also, uh, EYL University, we something that you know we pushing. We just had a, a, a class actually yesterday. Um, about Nika, it was a, it was, I was like a free class to yeah. help people out and guide them on different ways to purchase property without putting any down payment. Yeah, we, do like, like, we do like the free class like once it's a month, dope, man. Once yeah. a month, so um, we a lot gonna, of people get to get engaged, they get to ask questions. It's dope. Yeah, that's like a preview of like what to expect. Yeah, I'm in there. Right. I'm always in there. So like people like they'll see us. Through. We we we're in those classes too because we're trying to learn too. Yeah, for sure. And uh, YouTube. 
uh, every day we, we, we drop content on YouTube. That's yeah. something. So a lot of people listen to us on audio and that's great. We appreciate that. But if you want the visual experience or if you want, like we take clips from different shows and Yo. we put it on YouTube. Yeah, shout, shout out to uh, everybody that tuned into the Al Harrington clip. Yeah. I thought that was dope. The future. A lot of people didn't even know we interviewed Al Harrington. It was Harrington crazy. They're like, clip. he needs a whole hour. I'm like, uh, yeah, we did okay. That, we did that episode. But that's the good thing about the YouTube is like we do an episode and you, you might be new to Earn Your Lesion. It might have been done five months ago, but we can drop a clip today. And it's like, oh, okay. And then you might go back and look yeah. at the whole episode. So, yeah, YouTube is a whole visual experience, and we drop a lot of content on there. And then on Patreon, we're gonna be doing some more stuff. Yeah, with Patreon, Patreon gonna have exclusive episodes. Yeah, Patreon's gonna have exclusive episodes and, and um, transcript yep. situation. Transcript is, is is gonna be launched. Yeah, and uh, shout out to Shamita. Yeah, she she's a uh, part of the team. She's doing the transcript. So like a lot of people listen to us through audio while they're driving or they're at work, and they never get to write down notes. They want to, but they can't. So we're going to help you all out. We're going to transcribe um, some of our best uh, segments so that you don't have to take notes anymore. They're going to be there for you. Yeah. And uh, thank you guys for rocking with us. We appreciate you. Uh, peace. Peace. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.